receiver is in line to have a big bounce back thanks to a new offensive coordinator. Who is a better tight end for redraft in 2017, Hunter Henry or Kyle Rudolph? And who is the day three David Johnson lurking in a deep running back class this year? Plus 2016 FFPC Dynasty 750 number 18 champions Travis Collins and Tino Reyes join us to discuss what they got for last year's 103, what they had to give up to acquire Jamison Crowder, and how they were able to have four first-round picks the year after being crowned champs. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your season six premiere of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour starts now. Thinking of a master plan. This ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands. So I dig into my pocket, all my money spent. So I just deep up, still coming up for lint. So I start my mission, leave my residence. Thinking how could I get some dead presidents? I need money. I used to be a stick-up kid. So I think of all the devious things I did. I used to roll up, this is a hole up, ain't nothing funny, stop smiling, you still don't nothing move but the money, but now I learned that. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. I don't like to dream about getting paid, so I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made. Thanks a lot, Rob, and greetings. Salutations go out to all of you, Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode, the season six premiere of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co host is, of course, the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, is Beast Mode officially back? How concerned should Dynasty owners be with Corey Davis and seven? 50 number 18 champs Travis Collins and Tino Reyes dish on Paul Perkins, Andrew Luck, and much, much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there if you are listening to us live on blogtalkradio.com slash HSFF. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFF or at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak. You can post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash HSFF. If you want to chime in and talk with us, give us a call, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer Bryce getting those questions to us in our fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. It is uh, the first show of our sixth season on the air. Six seasons, Dave. This is our 281st episode. Did you ever think this show was going to last this long? Maybe the better way to phrase that question, did you ever think Alex, the prognosticator, was going to allow this show to go on for this long in its current form? I'm shocked. I am too, really. I mean, it's it's it blows me away every day that you know every we Friday night. The towel it, we or the towel hasn't been thrown at us, <laughs> you know. Like, just we're sick of it. Enough already. Move on. It's more of a testament to you because you're the one who actually does the show practically every week, unless you have some fishing outing. I still do it. Tournament. We just we just might shift the day on it. Yeah. Okay. So I want to apologize. Yeah. Which, by the way, um, draft weekend, uh, we will be doing a show on Wednesday. Oh, we are? That, that, that week, yeah. All right, cool. So, we're gonna just be, so you're aware. We'll be in Chicago. We'll be in Chicago, yeah. Even though the draft's in Philadelphia. That's as far east as we could get. <laughs> exactly. That's where the car runs out of gas. So I'm going to apologize. Um, you know, actually, I did like the intro music. But I, 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 yeah. 
Eric, Eric, Eric B. Eric and Rakim. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. And then you had you had some Kanye outro yeah. music earlier yeah. today, and I have to apologize because I was I started whining about how I don't like Kanye. Yeah. As well, you which, are which, kind of aware of that. I'll interrupt this apology just real quick. You realize this this would have been the fourth time we had Kanye West as an intro or outro on the show. See, I'm that I'm I've gotten a little sick of it. I've had <laughs> okay. Well, that's different than just not liking him. Well, I, I feel, I, I feel no, bad I that that you never told me this before. I don't like him in the first place. All right. And I don't like him in the last place. So I'm glad. So you said you've changed it to something yeah, else. It is. It was more palatable so, to my palate. I, you know, I don't know. I, I guess it would be more palatable to you. It is. Uh, it's an album that just came out today. It's a song off that. So we well, are. We'll find out because I've never obviously. We'll be sued for copyright infringement shortly. I'm sure. Uh, but we've. It's it's from Kendrick Lamar's new album, and it's actually um, we've had him on uh, before as well. So. It's just like the Hangover when they leave the car on the Las Vegas Strip. Here's four bucks. Yeah. Enjoy your copyright. It's all we can afford. You know, you can you can come after us for more. We have nothing. Um. Before we get into uh, the show tonight, I want to remind everybody that the main event early bird is expiring at the end of next month. Be sure that you get your FFPC main event team squared away before then. Remember, if you do, it's $100 off the first team, $250 off each additional team. And for each team, you uh, at least put a deposit down on, you will get one entry into the pros versus Joe's drawing. Are we going to hold that live on the air? I hope not, God. I, I know we Boring. did it a couple of years ago. It's bad radio. No, we are not. Okay. So we, we will not... But we'll, we can announce it. Is that we can announce it on the air. Sure, we can announce. Right, it. We'll announce it on the air. Um, <laughs> yes. I'll leave the I'll leave the drawings to Scott Atkins on YouTube. Oh, there you go. Uh, register. He, he, he's a master. Though. Register uh, for uh, your Planet Hollywood hookup uh, right now at uh, myffpc.com. They actually the email and the blog both have the link on there that you can click through uh, to get your discounted rate. Really good. That, that room is a really, rate. It is a yeah. really good room rate. It's like seventy five bucks and then one seventy nine I think on Friday and Saturday. Discounted uh, resort fees as well. Yeah, I mean, and like I actually looked, and normally I always feel like you know that these when we do these deals, like we're gonna get screwed. But really, I mean, like it's like one thirty-five, I think midweek, and then right. like two something like two seventy or something like that on the weekend. So this actually is a good price. Yeah, very good price. So check that out. Uh, you can get that at myffpc.com. Check out the boards as well as the blog there. Uh, live high stakes leagues are filling up as well at Planet Hollywood. Check those out. Dynasty startups. We're not that far away from dynasty startup um, drafts going on. May 13th, I think they kick off. We also have other uh, startups going off. You know, June, June 11th, I think May 27th, or some going off as well. Did I ever tell you the story? Those leagues are all going off. MyFFPC.com. Draft experts league, satellite leagues. MyFFPC.com. <laughs> Go ahead. Quick story. Yes. Um, one year, I think it was like maybe three years ago. It was in the heart of us switching to big game uh, software, this new software company from Archie Sports. Right. We were doing, there was Dynasty Startup Drafts, and my wife, in her infinite wisdom, booked a trip to Disney World for us. It's like we had all these problems going on, and it was like 95 degrees, you know, because when was that? Mid-May, right? So it's like 100 in Disney World. And I had this backpack and my laptop and a wireless card, a Verizon wireless card. And I sat there, like, outside of Haunted Mansion for like an hour, trying, sweating, you know, sweating my balls off or whatever, right. trying to fix all these problems. Right. I'm going to be around this time. Oh, good. And, and all, any, all the problems are gone. There's no problems. Everything's yeah. great. I'm just, ah, that, was a, that, was a, that was a tough hour. You know, last year um, I was with my friends uh, at, a, at a guy's weekend at a cottage on a lake in north, northern Wisconsin. And, um, you know, we did the show on a Thursday. Actually, I don't know if you were on that show. It was probably somebody else who did the show that week. Um, I think it Quite was memorable. I think it was John, um, John Modaf and Tom Zredek who did the show that week. They great. co-hosted You Were Gone. Okay. But Saturday morning, that was when Dynasty Draft started, and I woke up Saturday morning, and my phone is just blowing up. I'm like, what in the hell is going on? And it was all these people, like, 
at mentioning FFPC about can't wait for Dynasty kicks <laughs> off in 75 minutes. And it was great. So very good. Very exciting that that is uh, uh, coming up and you can be a part of it. MyFFPC.com. Thanks to football guys, Roto World and Rob for tonight's rundown. Tyler Eifert says his back feels great after his surgery. He says he'll be ready for training camp. He is not sure if he will be back uh, in time for next month, uh, next month in June's uh, OTAs. Eifert has uh, not exactly been the pinnacle of health. Dating you know, he's the least healthy tight end in the country. More than Robert Housey or Jordan Reed? Yes. Okay, wow. This is probably, yes, isn't he? I, well, I'm, let's, I, let me just finish reading this because I was going to pick your brain on, on the injury aspect of this. this. is why I'm bringing it up. Uh, if he is back for training camp, that would be a huge get for the Bengals. He was not able to be back in time for training camp last year following that ankle surgery when he hurt it in the Pro Bowl. Uh, right now, Tyler Eifert being mentioned among the top four tight ends, along with Greg Olson and the aforementioned Jordan Reed, Rob Gronkowski. Uh, returning to OTAs could give him the edge over Olson for people who are drafting around that time. The Bengals obviously are going to need him to stay on the field. They've had some offensive line losses. They're still dealing, really haven't replaced Marvin Jones or Mohamed Sanu yet uh, as well, so they will need him in the passing game. Now, the reason I bring... This up, Dave, is because you were the poster child for the anti-Julio Jones movement last year. He's always hurt. He's going to get hurt. He's going to let you down when it comes to playoff time. You have any of the similar feelings and, with and what with, happened? With you were right about Julio Jones. Do you have any of the? Still had a great year though. Do you do you have any of the similar feelings for Tyler? Well, okay. Before we get, let's just talk about Julio Jones for a second. He did have a very good year. He did. But he was so inconsistent. I mean, incredibly well, inconsistent. But he, it was incredibly good. I mean, let's be honest. Overall, yes. He'd be great if there were such a thing as a football roto league, like a five-by-five five football league. Uh, he would be perfect for that. <laughs> but we don't play that in, in fantasy football. We don't play that. So, <clears throat> Tyler Eifert, I'm bringing this up because a lot of the stuff I'm reading here, is, you know, especially with his injury history, the fact that he's hopeful to be back uh, for training camp does not uh, sound like he is going to be back by May or June. I'm just wondering if you have any of these same feelings about Tyler Eifert especially in a tight end premium league where a guy like him is so important that you would just stay away from him and go with somebody healthier like Greg Olson, who's going right around the same spot. Yeah. I would take Olson for sure over Tyler Eifert. I mean, it's kind of, it's almost why, right? Why, why is Eifert even in the same, same area? It doesn't make any sense. He has potential to be, to be really good, to be as good as Greg Olson, who doesn't really get hurt. He's got cam. He's the number one receiving target. Kelvin Benjamin is not really all that great. Funches has sucked so far. I don't know. I, I think Olsen. I mean, I, I love to have Olsen. Let's, uh, as long as we have the opportunity, let's play the first Would You Rather of 20 of the season six uh, campaign. Would you rather get a massage from a man or surgery from a female doctor? Would you have sex with Cleveland if it meant you could have sex with Angelina Jolie? Who would you rather do? I would. Who would you guys rather be? Who would you rather start a small business with? Who would you rather have sex with? Do you want breakfast or would you rather chew on your own ass as usual? What? Let's see how far your Tyler Eifert hate goes here, Dave. Tyler Eifert right now in FFPC sets going at the 411. Um, going at the 412, Jimmy Graham. Would you rather have Eifert or Graham? Graham. I agree. Would you rather have uh, Tyler Eifert or Delaney Walker? Mm, I'll still take Delaney Walker. He never gets hurt. I think I would too. Even he, he he's going at the five oh seven. Um, Tyler Eifert or Zach Ertz going at the five oh eight. I'll take Eifert. I'm not really an Ertz guy. I would too, just because you think about all those pass catchers they brought in to Philly. Yeah, Ertz is his targets are talk about inconsistent targets. Yeah. How about this one, Eifert or 
new tight end wunderkind, uh, Kyle Rudolph, going up to 601. Rudolph's going up to 601. Yeah. I'll take Rudolph. That's weird. I, I, find I mean, for value-wise, I would rather have Rudolph there, but, you know, in a, like if, if they're going to cost the same amount in an auction, I'd rather have Eifert. You know what so I mean? Why is that? The talent, of number one, uh, that uh, Eifert possesses, to me, is superior than Rudolph's. When Eifert's been on the field, he's been very, very good. And you can get a guy who is going off the board, like between 12 and 17 for tight ends, that you can plug in and be all right at, in that spot. Um, a, a lot of people, now we brought this up on the show before, ha, are not finding good reasons why Rudolph is also going to drop off the table. Because, I can't, can you find any reasons? I can't find yeah, any. It's, it's tough. Brad, from, Bradford is still a quarterback. Yep. You know, Stevie Whitewater, whatever the hell his name is, he's not playing. Stevie Whitewater? Who's Stevie Whitewater? Oh, Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> right, whatever. He's not playing at all. Right. They're receiving, you know, they're receiving. They're receiving Charles Johnson's team. gone. Laquan Treadwell expected to take a step up. They did. He's terrible. We, He'll we, have 12 receptions instead of six. We saw Adam Thielen really uh, carve out a significant role in this passing offense last year, and you all know Stephon Diggs is, is capable of as yeah, well. Yeah, Diggs is pretty, uh, Diggs is solid, but I mean, Rudolph is really the guy they were looking for. 83, 83 receptions for 840 and seven touchdowns is a lot. Let's move on here and talk about uh, Demarius Thomas. He uh, thinks real, that. Real quick. Yes. What do you think Tyler Eifert's rookie oh, dynasty? You buying, you selling, and what is he worth to you? Uh, I would definitely be selling, and I would probably sell for like 70, 80 cents on the dollar right now. So what is that? What are you selling for? What, I'm, what am I offering you for, for Eifert? <sighs> Carrington. I actually own Eifert in Carrington. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I wouldn't trade him in that league because I have Greg <laughs> Right. So, so. Let's, let's say you had Eifert and I'm buying. I'd offer you a 206 for him. Uh, okay. Tight end, tight end premium format. Not, I would not do that. All right. Okay. This is not tight end premium. Um, and you're giving me the two oh. I'm offering the two oh six. So, and I give you Eifert. Yep. Yeah, I'd do that. I'd probably do that. All right. So that's about where he's at. Yeah. I think. I mean, like, for me, don't ask like, me about dynasty like trade. a fair price, right? Yeah. To me, Andrew Miner says no way. Andrew Miner says no way. So he, what does he need? Two oh one, one twelve. 103, 104. 206. I mean, this is a deep draft. <laughs> I, I think it's because I think it's a deep draft. That's yeah, why. no, and I'm with you on that. Uh, Demarius Thomas thinks that the return of offensive coordinator Mike McCoy could uh, help his yak because the team will call more wide receiver screens that are thrown to Demarius Thomas. Thomas had that hip problem last year, still got 90 catches, more than 1,000 yards. This is a guy, Dave, that, that is um, – let me just check where he's going in drafts – in FFPC drafts. Uh, right now, I just damn it, I just had it up. Uh, he is going at the 308 in drafts right now. To me, that's a good value for a guy who might end up being a top 10 receiver again this year. Absolutely, I, yeah. Demarius Thomas is super talented. I like, I love him as a player. Do you really? I've yeah. never really thought of you as much of a Thomas guy. I sneakily own him in a couple of dynasty leagues. That is sneaky. <laughs> Update on that, uh, on that Eifert. Uh, Antimimus says he would trade if the 111 was presented to him, he would part with Eifert for that. 111, 112 is what he said. In the FFPC. That makes sense. I mean, and like he mentions the new tight end blood. I mean, this is the in, most incredibly deep tight end draft possibly ever. So he just once again, uh, two packer uh, crowdsourcing our Carrington trade talks in the, in the chat room, bringing up the Martavis Bryant uh, action. Okay. Who has Bryant? You? I do. Yeah. I'm, ho- I'm holding out. That's funny. I didn't even know it was Tupac that asked. I said, yes, I would trade him for that. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, Sports Illustrated. Mike Silver has reported that the Raiders have reached a deal with Marshawn Lynch. And you, of course, Dave, know what that means when, when it comes to uh, Marshawn Lynch and the I Got Five on it. 
could be a tie game once Lynch comes in. We have to decide, like, what constitutes him coming back. Is it signing the contract? Um, Does he have to step on the practice field? Does he have to suit up week one? If, he, if they sign a contract, I'll give it to you. Okay. I mean, it makes sense. All right. So, now there's another report that came in that the Raiders and Marshawn Lynch are actually not close on a deal right now. So, maybe this is going to be drawn out, but it seems like a foregone conclusion. What are they going to trade for? I mean... What do you think, like conditional sixth or something? Yeah, like that? something like that. I mean, you can't that's if you're fair. if you're Oakland, you can't really As bank. Price would say that's fair. Yeah, you can't really bank on like any more than one season from this guy, right. can you? Yeah. you? You might not even be able to bank on him for one season. Yeah, I mean, but you have to throw something in. There's got to be some sort right. of some sort of price. Um, could he be fool's gold by the time main event drafts roll around? Is he the type of guy that people are like, look what he's done in the NFL? Look at the offensive line he's running behind. He's playing on a Super Bowl contender with a good defense. Is he a candidate to be overdrafted? I say yes. I think he's a candidate to be overdrafted for sure. I think if I get him on any leagues this year, it would probably be I got a massive deal on him in Kentucky auction. Well, we'll see, I mean, we'll see where uh, we'll see where he ends up. We will. We where, will. Where he ends up in the ADP. Uh, we do have Travis Collins and uh, Tino Reyes, the 750 number 18 dynasty champs in the FFPC coming up. Just one last point I want to bring up before we get to them. NFL draft analyst Tony Pauline reports that the Niners are very high on running back Leonard Fournette, and they could use the second overall pick in the NFL draft on him this year. Uh, The sources also say that the Niners are ready to give up on Carlos Hyde. Remember, this is a guy who's not played one down of football with the new regime, and they're ready to give up on him, which I think is interesting. Um, He's also uh, struggled to stay healthy. John Lynch didn't outright deny the report. He said that the team really likes Hyde. Although uh, he also said, not sure really what Hyde does really well on the field matches up with the type of offense they're trying to instill. That's saying, by the way, that's saying a lot. That it, the fact that, I mean, like, if you like Carlos Hyde, you should be unequivocally denying that statement to the Hills, and he didn't. So to me, that suggests that Hyde is either not long for San Francisco or set for a reduced role in that offense. Either way, can't be too excited about him either for redraft or for dynasty right now, Dave. Uh, yeah, I would, I would agree. I, I, I tweeted that I'd be selling Hyde. Yes, well, I, I know. You had mentioned too. me in that. <laughs> You're one of those big fans. Um, but, but remember, I traded him last year for Latavius Murray, another, <laughs> another one of my great Carrington trades. You know what? It's funny, though. Or not funny, but do you ever have those dynasty trades where you trade someone and then you get somebody else back? And what you get back sucks. But then the guy you trade away totally sucks also. And you're like, well, this sucks because either way, I was screwed. Right. I guess for I me, have a lot of that. I've, I, I only acquire premium players, which means <laughs> I'm only trading away premium players. You're so, holy crap. Yeah, so I guess I'm only in the situation of when I trade a guy, he always does awesome, but the guy I get back is always even awesomer. Awesomer. I yeah. love it. Yep. Speaking of awesomer, C- what are you guessing? Yeah, C- come, come for the fantasy football. Stay for the grammar on this show. This is Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Tino Reyes and Travis Collins are coming up right after the break. This is the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Talking Dynasty Fantasy Football once again this week on the HSFF Hour. Eric Balkman and St. Dizzle bringing you the fantasy knowledge this week. As we're only we're less than two less than two weeks from the draft. Yeah, we're less than two weeks away from the NFL draft. It's insane. I've already oh. bought the liquor for the Chicago trip. Well, I can't, I can't wait for that. That's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Me, you, and uh, Tupac are on the way down to Chicago 
hopefully hooking up with some FFPC people once we get down there. Let's bring in tonight's guests. Right now, they've been fraternity brothers and good friends for nearly 15 years. They've always loved football, and they figured it would be a great way to stay in touch, given how far they've moved away from each other since their collegiate graduation. In terms of philosophy, they say they run a dynasty hybrid strategy that is a merger of advanced scouting and data analysis, given Travis's background as a former high school player from Florida and his deep knowledge of the college game, coupled with a hyperactive, opportunistic trading strategy similarly employed in the stock markets given Tino's background as a former banker and current stock trader. Please welcome like the 2016 FFPC 750 number 18 Dynasty Champs, Travis Collins and Tino Reyes. Gentlemen, thank you for coming on the show tonight. Uh, thank you for inviting us. Thanks, guys. We're really excited to be on. Yeah, exactly. yeah, we're excited to have you. It, this is, um, you know, we this, you really built them up. This quite is, a bit there. this That's is always, nice. you know, the time of year we get all these dynasty champs on, and and you know, dynasty fantasy football. Obviously, Dave, as we've said on the show many times, it is the best brand of fantasy football. It's the chess of fantasy football. We get to talk trades. We get to talk redraft startups. Uh, uh, not redraft startups. Rookie drafts. We get to talk all this, and we get to pick the brains of some guys who did something pretty unique uh, this past year. Uh, in the uh, FFPC. So we're going to get to that. But uh, tell us, guys, right now, uh, Tino, we already know uh, that you are a uh, stock stock trader right now. But, uh, Travis, go ahead and tell us what you're doing when you're not playing fantasy football. Uh, I consider myself a serial entrepreneur, uh, and I say serial because nothing I've worked on has worked out the way I wanted it to. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I'm just a 9-to-5 guy. Uh, I work for an insurance company. I'm in sales with them and stuff like that. So that's uh, pretty much what I do in my, I guess, non-free time. Yeah, he's always looking for the next good gig. Yeah. It's kind of like in, in social <laughs> exactly. network where they're like, what do you do? I'm an entrepreneur. And she's like, oh, you're unemployed. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's whatever. That's, that's <laughs> the goal of every entrepreneur, right? Yeah, exactly. To be unemployed. <laughs> and that, it is. You know actually. what I mean? Yeah, I think so. I, so, well, okay. Well, if we ever do the FFPC uh, Shark Tank, uh, Travis Collins, definitely on, on the board. So do you have any new good ideas, Travis, that we can steal from you? Uh, any thing that's new that you can steal for me? Um, I wouldn't say right now. I know I live in <laughs> South Florida, so travel is a big thing. Um, probably something in the travel industry, probably a shuttle company, maybe a parking garage, something like that. You know, start off small. South Florida, man. Oh, weather's got to be nice. It's getting a little hot down there, though, right? Uh, it's always hot. It's been like <laughs> 90 degrees. And it's what uh, April. I mean, it's we didn't even have a winter. Our winter is like fifty degrees. We had nothing. So yeah, oh, it's hot. I you know I will say just as as far as like ideas I've thought of over the past two or three months, something oh, travel related. Yeah, I always thought like when you get on an airplane, what would be awesome is if they would have like on the seat in front of you, if they'd have like some sort of table that would come down off that seat where you could set like a drink or food or like laptop on there. I think like that that would go over really they well. They have that already, Walking. Damn it, foiled again. It's so depressing. I think I, some sort of self defense mechanism. I, I think on a plane. And we might need that too as well. All right, Travis. Here we go. Now, I'm going to ask you a real question now. Congrats okay. on the 750 number 18 title. Uh, utilizing the tight end properly is, pardon me, obviously a key to success. You guys had a pair of really good ones last year. Hunter Henry, who was actually really good as a rookie, and Kyle Rudolph, who uh, stayed healthy for once. Between the two, which, uh, which one of those two has a better 2017 season in front of them? Um, that's actually kind of hard. I've been thinking about that for a little bit, which one would be better and what our strategy is for the tight end. 
Uh, I like to kind of just lump them in with uh, wide receivers and just consider everybody a pass catcher. But um, I think for fantasy, Hunter Henry probably has a better chance considering the age of Gates. But at the same time, I think in real world, Kyle Rudolph is more important to his team because of his ability to block and receive. So he's likely going to be – he's going to probably outsnap uh, Henry by probably twice as much. Um, and so he'll be on the field, and that will give you opportunity. But if I were going to bet in terms of ability to get yards, touchdowns, and that sort of thing, I imagine Henry's going to have a role card about for him specifically in that way. So more fantasy, more fantasy points Rudolph this year. Is that what you're kind of hinting at? Uh, no, I say more playing time Rudolph. Uh, but more of a fantasy role for Henry uh, because I imagine it's going to be specifically built upon what he did last year. And as you mentioned, he was good as a rookie. Um, and I just you know, think that they're going to continue to move him forward, whereas Rudolph, I'm not sure what they're doing with their offensive line in Minnesota, and he's probably going to have to block more. So even though he's on the field, he probably won't be running routes. Remember the other thing too is is Antonio Gates is on the field quite a bit last year because they're trying to get him that tight end touchdown record and uh, San Diego has already said that they're not going to be doing that as much this year and He's you would still on the team though right? yes he is and and you would expect Hunter Henry to take a step forward from his freshman to sophomore year in the NFL and the other thing we didn't bring up with Kyle Rudolph Dave well, what I, you know, just, you know almost double the snaps. Rudolph's going to do not quite as well. well here, here's the, now, here's, here's the thing. He's going to be I, twice as efficient okay. as Rudolph. Well, now, here's the thing that we didn't talk about with Kyle Rudolph in our previous discussion before the break. Versatility is so important in the NFL. Everybody wants somebody, you know, you don't want a running back on the field that is a pounder that can't catch because the defense knows you're probably, what you're probably going to do right. on that play. Kyle Rudolph is such a good blocker, and they need him on that line. He's also such a good receiver. He's going to be out there a ton because he can do everything and do it well for Minnesota. That's another thing uh, that is going to help out Kyle Rudolph this year. I might be coming around on Rudolph live on the air. Today. All right. There, there we go. Uh, Tino, let's, let's talk about uh, a big move that you guys made last year. Now, you had the 101 pick last year. You take Ezekiel Elliott uh, first overall. No surprise there as far as um, you know, what most people were doing with that pick last year. You also had the 103 uh, in that same draft. You swapped it straight up for Andrew Luck. So tell us a little bit about the thought process that you had and after getting Elliott, trading that rookie pick for Andrew Luck. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you know, coming off that last season, uh, you know, we, we were one of the, the bottom teams. And so our, our whole vision for the next season was, you know, trying to rebuild and, you know, nabbing certain players at, you know, QB1, uh, running back one, and pass catcher one. And so, you know, with, with running back one, we, we knew we were going to get Elliott at 1.1, so we already had that, you know, all squared away. And then in terms of 1.3, you know, we weren't really sure what to do. Um, so, you know, for every trade that we do, you know, it all begins with perceived value uh, of, of the options in front of us. And, you know, the options we had were, you know, trading for a player, you know, such as Andrew Luck or taking somebody at 1.3. And, you know, at 1.3, we really thought that it was either going to be, you know, Josh Doxson or Corey Coleman who would be taken. You know, uh, you know, Michael Thomas was really not on our radar at that point. Uh, you know, we, we all know that, you know, he obviously became the, you know, the best receiver from last year. But so, you know, we were targeting those players at 1.3. And at the time, we, we were really over-levered in terms of young wide receivers. We had Brashad Perriman, Kevin White, Devontae Parker, uh, among others. So we really didn't feel that it made sense to add another rookie receiver at that point. And then so contrast that to the perceived value of Andrew Luck. You know, he was coming off of, you know, a poor season. He missed uh, eight games or nine games, I believe, um, and just, you know, they, they really didn't 
uh, wasn't able to recreate the magic of you know his season before where he was QB one um, in, in 2015. So you know we thought it was a great opportunity to you know get a player at lower value uh, in exchange for a, a player that we wouldn't really you know need to take on. Uh, and at the same point, also we had Dante Moncrief on our roster, so it gave us an opportunity to to do the stack, uh, you know, QB wide receiver stack, which we're always looking to do uh, if we get an opportunity to do that. Um, and then, you know, from a, from another standpoint, you know, we we did have Matthew Stafford and Marcus Mariota on our roster, and you know, we really felt that if we were able to to trade up for Andrew Luck, it would give us a few more years of QB one value over Matt Stafford. Uh, as well as being able to, you know, move Stafford, which we were able to do for a, a future first rounder. Uh, so, you know, it all worked out uh, really good. That's all crazy. Overall. So you guys got a future first for Stafford? Uh, yes. No, I mean, it was part of a package, but I, I don't remember oh, exactly. Okay. Travis, do you remember? It was um, 1. 1, uh, 1.12 and then 3.3. <laughs> and, and Matthew yes. Stafford for 2018 first rounder, I believe. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Fair so enough. we end up just taking on uh, or essentially giving people picks to get to the picks that we want in the next season. So we ended up flipping uh, Matthew Stafford, what would eventually become a first-round pick in 2018. Oh, nice. That works out. That's how the geniuses do it, Dave. <laughs> this, is, this is why we have them on. This is good stuff. Building, you know, well, Stafford was kind of hyped up a little bit. We were part of the hype train. Were we really? He did pretty well. I mean, he, he had a good season. I don't remember us hyping up too many quarterbacks. I mean, we, so we draft him in a number of spots. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. I did. Yeah, okay. Good point. Anyway. Yes. Anywho. Moving on. Yeah. Tino, what's going on, buddy? Abaki was saying that you 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 were surprised that you were coming on the show because you email me all the time. Yeah, you know, I mean, I thought by, by, by now you might have been sick of me, so I didn't know if you wanted to keep on, you know, entertaining conversations with me. But you know, I'm glad that, that everything's all cool. You know, you haven't emailed since January, so don't. I, I, I've I've forgiven you. It's, it's okay. All right. Well, as long as you don't get the emails to Chris as well, then yeah, I think January was the last one. <laughs> yeah, Chris doesn't forward them all. Don't nobody get those emails but Chris. <laughs> email as much as you want, man. All right, Tino, you guys also made a deal in the middle of last season to acquire Jameson Crowder in exchange for your second-round pick and Clive Walford. What prompted you to make uh, to make that swap? Yeah, again, you know, I mean, I think Travis and I, like, well, almost daily, we just engage in conversations about player values. Uh, you know, we're always trying to understand uh, you know, when are players at their, at their highest value or, or close to that peak value because, you know, those are the optimal times to move them. And so, you know, with, with Walford, uh, you know, he was still in, you know, that, that two-year window where he was still kind of a rookie, you know, that, I mean, obviously it wasn't his rookie year anymore, but, you know, tight ends get an extra year of development, uh, you know, that people add in into the, bake into their value. And so, you know, we thought he was a player that was still relatively high in terms of prospects, uh, you know, coming out of, you know, Oakland. Uh, with that passing attack, uh, but you know, but the, and with the FFPC bonus, um, you know that people are always going to attribute a, a premium to tight ends, as you alluded to earlier. So you know, we really thought this was our a window was closing in terms of being able to move it. Um, and then from the other side, uh, you know, one of the the trading partners that we were looking at, you know, was you know he was stacked at wide receiver. I don't think Jamison Crowder was even on his uh, you know starting roster. I mean, he had Amari Cooper, Devontae Adams. Jarvis Landry and Sterling Shepard uh, on his roster at the time, and, and his tight end uh, spot was was pretty weak. So you know, it, it was a, the perfect opportunity for us to to kind of sell high on Walford before his value kind of depreciated, and, and pick up a player you know in Crowder who we, who we thought you know wasn't being effectively used by his owner. 
And uh, I think Travis can maybe go into, uh, you know, some of the statistical uh, things that we really uh, enjoyed about Crowder's background, if you want to, Travis. Yeah, so yeah go ahead, Travis. Crowder is basically Crowder um, showed us that he had the ability to take on a heavy load since his uh, college days. Uh, since uh, he was 19, his sophomore year at Duke, he uh, was a 1,000-yard receiver. And uh, he's the single-season ACC receptions leader, and uh, he has the career reception yardage. Uh, so we knew that he could, you know, uh, thrive, giving a lot of value. Now, he's not going to give you necessarily the touchdowns. He's, he didn't have 10 or so in that uh, time frame, but him operating out in the slot was perfect. And we were just, you know, adding him as a, uh, like I said, a pass catcher to supplement uh, what we didn't have and what we weren't getting from uh, Walford. And uh, we believe that also the fact that uh, the top two uh, wide receivers for uh, Washington were going to be free agents, and it made it a perfect opportunity to take him at the time that he was having a breakout year, once again showing that he's going to uh, you know, thrive at a young age and uh, probably move into the next season um, with a open slate. And, I mean, you can see what they did in the offseason by uh, you know, bringing in um, – uh, what's the kid uh, from Cleveland? Um, and uh, Pryor, you know, they're trying to, yeah, they're trying to uh, hope Doxon can do something. But the reality, in my mind, is is that Crowder is probably the best, most apt receiver that they have on their roster. That's a good point, Bucky. I don't know if you remember this, but it was like I don't know how many years ago. But I was we were talking about Crowder because he was he wasn't really that hyped up, and we were I was saying it couldn't have been that many years ago. Well, it wasn't, but I mean it was. I was just saying that it's like you know when I, I watched. Crowder play. He yeah. was always he'd get targeted all the time. Yeah. He was always making plays, and it's like, okay, his forty times not that great, but it's like, dude, this guy just seems like a baller. He always is making plays. Yeah, and Duke was yeah. really good. You know, when when Crowder was there too, he like you know he was he wasn't doing this on a bad team that was like just playing catch up. You know, trying to lose fifty six thirty five. I don't remember that. They won like ten or eleven games. Like he was the reason that they won a lot of those games. So, really oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they had they had a really good. They had, I think they won a bowl game that speaking, year. Too. Okay, speaking of colleges, I have a question for you two guys. What college did you guys oh, go to God. together, and what frat were you in? Oh, yeah, that's actually a good question. Oh, thanks. Uh, we, were, we went to Brown University, and we're members of Phi Kappa Psi fraternity. You went to Brown? Oh, my goodness. So you yeah. guys are smart. Yeah. These, these guys are smart balls. Now, listen, everybody you, comes on the show is way smart. The they're way smarter than us. That's, this is, you know, this, that's in the Ivy League ball. I've resigned myself. It's in yeah. Providence, Rhode Island. There you go. I've looked at the Alumni Factor magazine. All these, You know, they accept like 8% of people nowadays. You know that. Well, we got two of the 8%. <laughs> On the show right right now tonight. It's very exciting. Um, listen, hey, Travis uh, Travis Collins and, and Tino Reyes joining us, uh, the 750 number 18 dynasty champs in the FFPC last year. Dave, you would know this better than me, what? but I would venture to guess that of all the dynasty champs that the FFPC crowned last year, none of them have four first-round picks in 2017 for the rookie draft, except – for uh, Travis, Travis Collins and Tino Reyes here. How do we get 11 people to renew in your league? That's, <laughs> That's pretty crazy. You guys win the league. You get four first-round picks. Travis, you already kind of alluded to how you d- were doing this, where, where you're trading you know, that year's picks for next year's picks uh, to, uh-huh. you know, to, to get the picks that you want. And, and that's been a big reason why you've been able to acquire uh, three of them in addition to your own this season. But uh, the majority of them in the back half of the first round, can you give us an idea of some of the guys that you and Tino have talked about that you're looking at in that area right now? Uh, like Tino said, we kind of talk every day about uh, 
players and, and value and things like that. So I could probably rattle off every single name of a possible offensive draft pick that's available. I won't do that. Um, because Tino, you know, he's he's probably more informed of what the dynasty rankings are and everything like that. I'm actually waiting right now to see how the uh, NFL draft goes, uh, to see where my rankings are wrong and where they might be correct, and then also I have to assess the situation to see how teams operate and how they anticipate using them. Uh, but today we were talking about some of the guys that uh, – we pick at the end, and right now we kind of like this year's running backs class, and we like this year's tight ends class. Um, the receivers class isn't bad, and there's opportunities that we would likely take maybe somebody like John Ross if we could get him in the later half of the first round. Um, but it probably would end up with us taking uh, another tight end, uh, maybe Ingram or Anjoku, um, maybe somebody like uh, – uh, Kamar as a running back, but I'm not really too sure if I want to select a running back that late. We might see if it's possible that we can trade out of this draft into the next one. It seems to be working out for you so far, so that's certainly a viable option, especially when you have uh, that many picks to uh, to play around with. Maybe use a few, trade a few. It's how you sustain. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Dave. Yeah, this is you. This is you. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, look, where are, wait a minute, where, where are we? Oh, we're doing a podcast. So, sorry, go ahead, Dave. Um, are we going to ask, we're going to ask about these Cincinnati running backs again? Do you not want to talk about the Bengals? Travis, what do you, tell me, what do you think about Taiwan Taylor, actually? Do you All right, let's talk about Taiwan, it's Taiwan. Is it, is it, I, it looks like Taiwan to me, Bulky, I'm going right. to call him whatever I want. That, that is an incredibly racist comment. That's not racist. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Taiwan Taylor, Travis. We can we we apparently we've talked the, the, talked the Bengals so out. Travis on this show. And, and Tino, I don't think they're white guys either. <laughs> All right. you're offending the guests. Man. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Taywan Taylor, Travis, let's talk about him. Uh, actually, Tino and I were kind of briefly talking about Taylor today. Uh, you know, and oh, in relation to some you know lower uh, ranked wide receivers, uh, we were saying that it's possible that Taylor might be one of the most undervalued players considering the year that he's coming off of and uh, the fact that he had a really excellent game against Alabama, who, you know, obviously is going to have a lot of first-round picks on her defense and is uh, probably the uh, closest to NFL quality in terms of their scheme and what it is that they try to do to limit players. And um, I, I think that uh, if you had the chance to get him, um, it would probably be cool. But then again, like I said, when it comes to the draft, you have to see where the player is going to go um, and what he's going to do um, because he might not get the opportunity that you suspect. So, for example, I think his best position is probably slot. Um, if he goes to a team with another slot receiver that's already entrenched, then you could probably kiss his prospects goodbye. You know, the other thing that to keep in mind about Taylor, too. You, so, Taewon? Yeah, Taewon. He's trying to get it right. All right, Taewon. All right, thanks. Go ahead. All right. Um, the other thing to keep in mind about Taylor is, too, you know, you mentioned Travis's great game against Alabama. You remember a team, that, Al- that same Alabama defense shut down Juju Smith-Schuster early in the season. Exactly. And uh, Smith-Schuster is a guy who was mentioned originally, you know, as high as like a first-round pick. Now he's probably going to be going in the, in the second or third. But, I mean, Taylor was a guy who was able to do it against that Alabama defense and certainly a guy. Dave, I think you've been talking him up. In this this whole pre-draft process, Ooh. I feel like Taewon Taylor. I feel like this is not yep. the first oh. conversation we've had about him. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, he, he might be one of your boys. 
just for a second. I I don't think that's a good comparison because Taylor and Schuster are totally different receivers. Uh, Schuster's going to win with his physicality, and Taylor's a little bit more savvy than he is. Um, and that's where Schuster comes through with his inconsistency that he had this year because he's not always refined in what he is that he does. I think that Schuster probably as an athlete has a higher ceiling than Taylor does. But as an actual football player, Taylor is more complete as he is right now. Yeah, and, and uh, Schuster, too, had uh, Sam Darnold throwing to him for the second half of the year. And, uh, well, yeah. of course, that's sort of the Schuster actually, he had that slow start, but he ended up uh, playing very well yeah. Uh, yeah. Ma- the majority uh, of down the stretch. You know, what, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let the NFL decide for me. If he sneaks into the third round, I'm interested. If he's fourth or later, I'm going to pass. What if he goes to the first pick of the fourth round? Fine. Oh. Fine. The third round, once plus again, the first pick of the fourth. Depending on his own rules. See, Balky's a little bit on the rules. This is an off the show discussion. The, the 750. Balky thought the United guys All right, let's, was I don't, we're not extricated I, from the plane. I will, I, You're the worst, Balky. First of all, don't twist my words. Never said that. <laughs> I'm not going to get in no United discussion tonight. The 750 number 18 <laughs> Dynasty champs, Travis Collins, Tino Reyes, joining us live on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. We're going to talk to them about much more non-airline related fantasy football material. Corey Davis is up next. We're going to talk to them right after this. This is in the HSFF Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour rolls on here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I, of course, am Eric Falkman, a slightly above average host. And, uh, of course, I'm joined by the patron saint of fantasy football, Dave Gerzak. Joined by Travis Collins and Tino Reyes tonight, the 750 number 18 FFPC Dynasty champs from last year, picking their brain on not only veterans but some rookies as well. And one of the rookies we want to talk about, Travis, is Corey Davis, a guy from Western Michigan who, again, went on against some lesser competition in college for the majority of his career to no fault of his own. That's just who Western Michigan played. How concerned are you that he could bust in the pros given that this injury that he's had has not only prevented him from working out at the combine, but his pro day as well. And really all we have to go on the majority of his film is against, you know, other Mac teams and and other teams uh, that maybe have less than stellar uh, division one defenses. How concerned are you about Corey Davis, man? Uh, First and foremost, I don't really worry about injuries um, because I'm not, you know, a doctor. I'm not there. I'm not going to do any evaluation. Like I said, I'll wait for the draft, and then the NFL will tell me how bad the injury is depending on where they draft him. So if he stays in the first round, I imagine that the concerns are alleviated, so I wouldn't worry about that too much. What I would worry about uh, about him, though, is that in nine games against Power 5 teams, mostly against the Big Ten, he had 52 receptions, 701 yards, and five touchdowns which is lower than any season he posted uh, overall. And I think that limits probably his ceiling uh, in the sense that people believe that he's a surefire wide receiver one capable player. Uh, Some people even have him ranked above Mike Williams, who I believe is a bigger, uh, stronger athlete. Uh, He might not be as fast, uh, but I worry and have concerns about people uh, going wide receiver one hunting uh, simply because I think that the 2013 draft skewed everybody's idea of how easy it is to hit on wide receivers and that's just not true Um, so if 
you know, he, he goes to an opportunity. What I would probably prefer is that he maybe goes to a team that has a veteran wide receiver that uh, helps him get his conditioning and his strength and things up that he needs. I mean, he's an explosive runner in the open field. He, he definitely shows that his yardage totals are off the charts. I mean, if you watch any games with Western Michigan, uh, he's he's great. His his refinement and, and his route running could probably be better, but his coach is, you know, he, he was he was coached very well uh, as a wide receiver prospect coming out. He's he's almost as complete as you would like as a player. But like I said, when he faced the the top level competition, uh, more often than not, he was not able to have those great, really big, explosive games uh, that you would count on and that you would expect for a player that is supposed to have wide receiver one potential. And so I would say. What you want is to have a wide receiver floor two, uh, 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 two floor. I think he has that. Um, but is he going to be a surefire number one? I don't know. Uh, would you be disappointed if he were Emmanuel Sanders? I think going in, most people probably would say, yeah, I don't want Emmanuel Sanders, but Emmanuel Sanders is a pretty good player. If you had him on your team, you would likely start him. Hey, definitely, and 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 the and the thing is, the way you have to frame it is like Corey Davis is probably going to be going in like the top three picks of a rookie draft. So it's like, do you want if he ends up being Emmanuel Sanders, do you, are, would you be happy with using you know your one hundred three pick and getting you know Emmanuel Sanders? Which exactly. I mean, he's had some pretty he's had some pretty good seasons, but at the same time, he's not that world beater that we've yeah. seen go uh, at the one hundred three, the one hundred two picks uh, in previous rookie drafts. So I think you make yeah. an excellent point there. All right, Tino. Let's talk about Cooper Cup. What do you think about his uh, slow 40 time? It's not that great. Uh, however, he has incredible numbers. Do you think his game uh, transcends the measurables? Uh, you know, in terms of uh, 40 times and, uh, you know, athletic measurables for wide receivers, I don't pay too much credence to those, uh, you know, as much as other things, just such as statistics. Uh, you know, I think that the list of, of players who are able to, you know, perform at wide receiver having slow 40 times, you know, they're, they're out there, you know, such as, you know, Anquan Bolden, uh, you know, Jerry Rice wasn't the fastest guy. Antonio Brown didn't have a fast time at the combine. So uh, I don't think that the 40 time is important uh, relative to, you know, say running backs, where I think I definitely think, you know, having that top end speed uh, definitely is something that you'd want to see in, in potential bell cows. Uh, what's more concerning to me from a dynasty perspective, I think, would be his age. You know, he's already older than, you know, Mike Evans and Brandon Cooks, who are already entering their fourth year. Uh, and he's uh, also older than Amari Cooper, who's entering his third year. And, you know, as Travis alluded to in the previous question, you know, I think people have skewed uh, their views on wide receivers entering uh, as rookies and thinking that you can just start playing as a starter uh, on day one uh, more often than not. that uh, There's still that one- to two-year development window. So you're already having, uh, you know, four years, or three years already cut off from his career at the beginning, and then you know, adding an, another two years to develop, uh, you know, you're looking at him entering his prime fantasy starting range at around you know, age 26, 27. So that truncated value is something I'd definitely be concerned about uh, more, more than his, his 40 time. All right, guys, quick trivia question. Um, speaking of old guys coming into the league as rookies, uh, who was drafted with the 22nd overall pick in the 2012 NFL draft by the Cleveland Browns as a quarterback? And he was age... 30, 31 what? at the time. What, drafted? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's yeah, a quarterback. 
Yeah, yeah Brandon yeah, Whedon, congratulations. Yeah, 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 exactly. He's not doing so great right now. Well, I, get, I mean, you're talking about a quarterback in comparison to a Brown education, both these Brown guys, they got to dial them, baby. Man, Brandon Whedon went to Brown. I'm like, no, he didn't. Go to he Brown. Brown. No, no, no. <laughs> he hey, went to Oklahoma State. Yeah. Anymore, I can get into that school. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Wait, what's... Dan... Oh, Danny Miller is OU. He's not Oklahoma. He hates Oklahoma State. I just he don't want to... He lives in Oklahoma. I don't... No, but he's a, he's a oh. fan of one of them. I think he's... Oh, in really? fact, I know he's a big Sooners fan. He's oh, not... uh, Oklahoma State's great, Danny. Yeah, well, Sorry. I don't... I mean, no, he doesn't... He's like our best customer. We will rip on Oklahoma State because he does not like... Uh, OSU. Okay, guys, let's get to a couple emails here uh, from listeners that had written in. First one is from, and, and Tina, I'll, I'll pitch this one to you first. This is from Darren in uh, Dayton, Ohio. Uh, he writes, hey, guys, congrats on that FFPC title. If you were dead set on moving Paul Perkins right now in Dynasty, what is the lowest rookie draft pick you'd accept for Ooh, him in a trade? I that like is question. Darren in Dayton, Ohio. Paul Perkins, now he's, the interesting thing is he, he is the quote-unquote starter right now. But the, the Giants more than likely will be drafting somebody high or signing somebody to maybe not even take away the starter position from him, but take significant uh, touches in that backfield away from Perkins. So you look at Paul Perkins right now. You guys, you guys have already talked about selling guys at their highest value. Is this Perkins' highest value right now? And, and what would you sell him for if you were sure he was not going to be the starter come week one? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if, if this is his highest value. I mean, if I personally, uh, you know, had him at this point, I'd probably wait hold on him for now and see if he could, you know, perform and or win out the position outright uh, next year. I think if you wanted to sell him, uh, the best point was maybe at right immediately after the end of the season when he kind of established himself as, as the guy in that committee. Um, so I think, you know, that, that window's kind of passed. In terms of what I would sell him for, do you mean, uh, you know, what rookie pick uh, would be the lowest pick? that I would take back for him? Is that what the question is? Yes. Yeah, it'd probably be somewhere around, you know, maybe late second round, early third round pick. I mean, in, the, in the middle of the second round, uh, you know, there's still guys that, you know, I, I'd like to target. I mean, I'm not sure what the price is, price is, you know, correctly, but, you know, some of the tight ends that we like, uh, you know, are still available in the, in the second half or the first half of that second round. So I, I'd still probably target them before thinking about a running back like, Paul Perkins, I definitely think there's more talent available uh, in, in the first 18 to 20 picks uh, that you could get uh, for, you know, maybe a wild card in terms of someone that you could uh, land in a favorable position and, and maybe be better uh, and not in a committee. So bad news for Darren and Dayton, Ohio. You missed, you missed the opportunity <laughs> to get the most for him. Good news is there's still time that you can well, get. I, I think that other people would pay more. Well, you got to get that person to pay more, though. Like what? I would even – What do you guys mean? I would probably I don't even like Perkins. Right. I probably wouldn't pay anything for him because I wouldn't I wouldn't want to acquire him. But if I had if I had him, I would sell him for I would probably be demanding more in the earlier second. Well, you know what you would do as as a dynasty owner is you would float out if you own Perkins, you would float him out to every team in the league yes. who had like an early to mid second yeah. round pick and then the first guy to accept it. Yeah, I would say either he's available or I would make Perkins offers every pick from right. 112 to 206. And anyone who takes it, I'm, good for me. I am with you on that. That is that is what I would do as well. And if I had to settle for late, late second, I probably would uh, do that, no problem. Hey, Travis, uh, let's let's uh, pitch this one to you. This is Tom in Westbury, New York. What are your thoughts on Alan Hearns this season? Was his 2016 more true to life? Or will this season be closer to his big 2015 campaign? Good luck to you both. In 2017, defending the belt, thank you for the email, Tom, in Westbury, New York. So, Travis, we look at Hearns, was not so good last year. The year before, was great. He was fantastic. 
Which is the which is closer to the real Hearns that we're going to see this year? Uh, I would ask uh, the person that sent in the email to provide some context, or if they ever watched any Jaguars games and saw how terrible Blake Brutals was. <laughs> and then really would ask about a guy that's probably going to always be a wide receiver too. I mean, you have to consider the fact that, yes, Alan Hearns, you know, got himself a big contract and everything like that. But I'm from South Florida. I'm very familiar with Alan Hearns. I saw him at the University of Miami practically every single weekend. He's an inconsistent wide receiver. He's going to have to have good quarterback play in order for him to thrive. He's not going to overcome. It's, you, you, you can't consider the fact that he's in a duo with Allen Robinson and think it's going to rub off. Some people just don't have the capability. He was, was I don't even remember uh, when he was drafted, but I think he might have been a free agent. So, you know, um, is his year uh, next year going to be like uh, 2015 or 2016? I think that's kind of irrelevant. It's probably going to be something in between or one or the other. Um I, I I would say what you have to do is get realistic about the player that you have. You have a wide receiver too. He's going to probably either give you a consistent number somewhere around ten uh, points a week, or he's going to either be a boom or bust. That's what you got to deal with. Um, if you don't want it, find a better player. There you go. Find a better player, indeed. All we can say is that the Jaguars GM should be fired and, and Hearns' agent to get him the $40 million contract. Should wow. get a raise. That was massive. That was exactly. a great deal for exactly. Hearns. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's fantastic. I wonder if that's it. Who's the, who's the arrogant guy from Miami? That, uh, Drew Rosenhaus, right? Yeah. Is he from Miami? I wonder if Rosenhaus. Drew Rosenhaus went to the University of Miami. I wonder oh, if there you go. Yeah, it could, it very if well I was going to be pimping out, I'd be first page on the website. Alan Hurts, five years, $40 million. <laughs> Ooh, he sucks. Yeah, exactly. All right, last question, fellas. Give us a rookie that you think will be a dynasty bust and another rookie that will end up having big value as a second- or third-round dynasty rookie draft pick. Travis, we're going to be easy on you. We're gonna, you go first, and then Tino uh, cannot match you. So, T- <laughs> uh, Travis, <laughs> this isn't like Jeopardy where you're trying to get to the final answer. Like, we'll, we'll, give it, the we'll, we'll do the family feud buzzer, <laughs> like if they, <laughs> they say the same player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. We should do some sort of fantasy family feud. Yeah, we have, Travis, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry, we're going to keep babbling otherwise. All right, uh, one player that I have concerns with is uh, Curtis Samuel because I don't like uh, quote-unquote touches players. Um, until Curtis Samuel finds a traditional position that he can play, it doesn't matter what it is. Uh, he's not going to find consistent playing time on the field and that's a big concern to me. Um, Curtis Samuel has shown that he does have a certain level of athletic ability uh, that I believe he can be useful, but um, he does have uh, some size concerns. So if he's going to play running back, then you know he's probably going to only be a change-of-pace player that's going to limit some of the opportunity that he has. And if he's a wide receiver – his development has been diminished because he hasn't been there full time. So he's got to learn how to run routes correctly and all kinds of things. Um, personally, I'm trying to avoid Curtis Samuel in all fantasy. Uh, I don't like players like that. People can point to guys like Tyreek Hill and the impact that he had, but most people aren't 60 meter champions and have acceleration like a cheetah. So you can't <laughs> say that that's the same thing. Um, A player that I do like is uh, Chris Godwin from Penn State. Uh, I thought that he had very solid production for the last two seasons. 
Um, I mean, he was a thousand yards with Christian Hackenberg, and frankly, I think Christian Hackenberg is absolutely trash. Um, <laughs> he, he's you know aggressive, um, and he he's a, a willing blocker. He he has a pretty good route running ability already. So he shouldn't, you know, have too much difficulty in trying to get open and different things like that. Um, and I personally believe that uh, considering where he is probably going to go, which is likely the second day of the NFL draft, um, I think that he could probably outplay that position. So he's somebody that, you know, I would probably consider having on my team as, a, you know, a person that has wide receiver two potential um, and maybe could have a couple wide receiver one seasons uh, over the course of his career. Um, and I think that that would be a solid value for him. Tino Curtis, Samuel, and uh, Chris Godwin are off the board. Give us a bust and a sleeper, man. <laughs> uh, I guess from a bust, I mean, I wouldn't say that he's going to be an yeah, NFL bust, but I, I'm just not sold on Christian McCaffrey as a top five uh, rookie pick uh, for fantasy purposes. You know, first, I don't, if, if he is able to play special teams, uh, that doesn't really always translate into, uh, you know, equal fantasy points, you know, from just a, a pure just running back perspective. Um, and also, you know, I just don't think, I think Charles, uh, Jamal Charles is, you know, the exception to the rule in terms of, you know, being able to play uh, 25 plus touches at that size, you know, for every Jamal Charles that I can, you know, there's, there's the Gio Bernards, your Reggie Bushes, and your Darren Sproles. So I think just, that ability, uh, that that chance of him potentially just being a complimentary player in a you know an RBBC uh, you know or with just with pure reception upside. I mean that's that's solid for an RB two, but I'm not really looking for an RB two with a top five pick in rookie drafts. You know I'd probably lean towards you know one of the tight ends or one of the more you know other lower running backs who could potentially be uh, you know a bell cow. So that's why I think I think McCaffrey might not pay off uh, the the value that people are paying for it currently. Nice. Uh, in terms and of, so you're uh, your value guy. My value guy. Well, I mean, I hate to bring it up. I mean, Travis didn't bring it up, but uh, I, I, you guys mentioned Taiwan Taylor, but uh, you know, he, he's actually, you know, who, who I thought that he was, is good value. Uh, you know, contrast to someone like Cup, who's going, you know, in the early second round versus Taylor, who's going late second round, maybe early third round. Uh, you know, I think he's just getting overlooked due to you know maybe just subpar combine numbers. Uh, I think his ability to play in the slot uh, is going to definitely. Uh, pay fantasy dividends if he lands in the right spot and, and he can tighten up his route running. Uh, and also from a production standpoint, yeah, I think he's the only uh, player in college football history to have over 250 receptions uh, with a 17-yard a uh, reception clip. So, uh, you know, even, even if he just plays in the slot, he does have that ability to, uh, you know, run some go routes as well. So I, I, think, I think he's definitely at his price, a good, good value. Well, two great values on the show tonight, Travis Collins, Tino Reyes. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for joining us. The 750, number 18, FFPC Dynasty Champs. Boy, a lot to unpack, a lot to digest. You guys were great. Uh, I learned a lot. Of course, Dave learned even more. And uh, I want to appreciate, uh, tell you guys how much we appreciate you guys coming on. Good luck with those four uh, first-round picks and repeating. Uh, you guys get a great shot to do it this year. So best of luck to you, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate being on with you. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. It was a blast. Thanks. Travis Collins, Tino Reyes. That was great. The uh, team name is You Lose Monica's, is their, was their team name this oh, past year. So, yeah. 750, number 18 champs. Uh, what did boy, you say after the what? The You Lose Monica's? Yeah. I don't know. I just thought of it now. So, um, 
Wow. I just, you know, we get a lot of great guests on. There was a lot, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good knowledge. Are you surprised at the McCaffrey pick uh, as a potential bust? No, I mean, you know, I know there's people who don't like McCaffrey. I'm a big, I'm on the, more on the bandwagon. Yeah. But I know it makes sense. I mean, yeah. I, I, I get it. I mean, it made a lot of good points reason, of like, yeah, you know, why. He, maybe he, all he ever is, is, is part of a committee. And like, honestly, Reggie Bush, Gio Bernard, Darren Sproles, the guys he brought up that they could, I mean, they all still were useful at certain points. Yeah, I mean, and if you take players, if you take like a Danny Woodhead, who has always been a complimentary player, right. he's been an RB, RB1 as a complimentary player. Wasn't he the number two running back yes. one year, I mean, he's been two years ago? I mean, if, if you get a running back, and Reggie Bush has been like an RB1 as well, right. yeah, yeah. if you get a running back who's catching 80 passes, it's almost implausible not yeah. to get RB1 numbers. It is It is going to be very tough because to do that. Of, because of the deflation of running backs that are 300 carry backs. Wow. You know, with the guests saying sayonara tonight, the show gets a little deflated, but we still are going to answer your emails and tweets and more. When we take our final break, we'll Quickly. come back after this. This is Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, the HSFF Hour, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, The Dizzle, coming at you. The HSFF Hour this weekend, if you are listening live at blogtalkradio.com slash HSFF, or if you are listening to the stream on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network right on uh, Saturday afternoon, hey, getting ready for the Bucks game. I know you all are. It'll start basically, it's probably started by the time you're listening to us on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Is this the playoffs? And, yeah, playoffs. And, uh, Wait for a second. Are they just starting? They start tomorrow. So tomorrow, April 15th. Yes. And when do they end again? I don't know, like, like mid June, April fifteenth of next year. It's so stupid, <laughs> dumbest sport ever. All right, that first of all, I don't believe that you believe that. That's I, there's there's some dumber ones yeah. out there. Hi, like, give me a break. <laughs> Which, by the way, my son's sports class. By the way, you're listening to HSFF Hour here, Eric Balkman, Dave Gersey. Um, <laughs> there's the, fifty-seven degrees. My son's sports class in the was it the it was his in last the sports class. Yeah, Lucas. Yeah, it's um, age uh, three. Right. He, um, it's like, this is his, he's in his third session of it, but it's like eight weeks long and they do a different sport every week. Yeah. And usually the first class of the session and the last class are just kind of like not screw off days, but you do a variety of different things. Yeah. And they had highlight, uh, stuff out, uh, for, for the, the last class on, on, um, whenever it was a couple of weeks ago. So I'm like, you know, I got the Miami vice team playing in my head and I'm like <laughs> whipping the balls and everything. And. So that was kind of cool. Anyway. I have actually two stories with the word sports in them. Do All right. Hear them sure. Are Let's they are they fast? Kind of, not really. All right. Just go ahead. All right. My daughter Ella actually told her our PE teacher or her her PE teacher that he, she was um, wondering if they could get on with it with volleyball. They keep on doing all these drills. She's like, she well, just we, wants to play. She's like, well, we've kind of learned this in the past couple of years, and uh, and you know, can we just play the games? And he got all pissed off. Yeah. And he, like yelled at her. Yeah. So that's that story. Yeah. The other one is in uh, college. Uh, my buddy Joe Riconer, he had a, a rack, rack attack. He had a porn videotape, and, and the name on the video oh, yeah. was called Joe Sports. <laughs> so people, think, some of the guys in the dorms, if they came around, they'd be like, hey, where's Joe Sports? And it was a VHS SLP videotape, six hours long. I, you know, I never watched it. I mean, these guys have borrowed Joe Sports. It's like, you guys are crazy. Yeah. And like you peel back the Joe Sports, I was like, German Scheiser tape. What is, what is that? Yeah, so there you go. Those are my two uh, sports stories. All right, and on that note, uh, let's move on. 
question for Eric, Dave, or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at HSFFHour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at HSFFHour on Twitter. First email tonight, Eddie in Corpus Christi, Texas. Was Chris Ballard talking about wanting to see what Robert Turbin could do on first and second down, a harbinger of things to come? Or was this a smokescreen for them selecting a back in the first round? Thank you for the email, Eddie. Did you see this, what Chris Ballard said? I heard it. New GM taking over for... Um, He's not very good at the, the double guy, talk. The guy who got fired. I can't. Why can I not think of the guy who got fired? Because he sucks. Who cares? He was bad. I can't believe I'm blanking on it. Anyway... So you think the Philip Dorsett drafted? Yeah, you think that this is Ryan Grigson just came to me. Yeah, you think that this was just um, masking that uh, they're going to be taking a running yeah, back. Turbin sucks. Everyone knows he sucks. The whole NFL knows he sucks. They know this guy's lying. Uh, your buddy Cecil Lamb was saying how ninety-five percent of these are all right. lies yeah, yeah. In, in this time of year. Yeah. So that's one of the lies. Yeah. Ninety-five percent. Yeah, they're taking a running back. This is actually this what is you, like what? the anti. This is actually such a bad lie. It's like when you if you go get home and you like. You know, you, whether you, you cheated on your on your girlfriend or you, you went out and you got drunk or something like that, and you just keep talking and keep. It's like you're in a lie. Tell a short little lie. Oh yeah, don't yeah, make yeah. This long believer. I don't know if he made it a, a long a long lie. He I don't shouldn't even have brought it up. He shouldn't have said anything. Okay. They're taking. That means this means for sure they're taking a running back. If you're Chris Ballard and you have the opportunity, either oh, that's a stupid question. Forget it. Because <laughs> I know the answer. If you're if you're Chris Ballard. And you have the opportunity to take either Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey. You're going to take McCaffrey, right? Well, I mean, you're away for the draft, but uh, I would be. I'm saying, like, if they have the opportunity, they're on the oh, clock. Yeah, Both yeah. guys are available. Right, okay. yeah, you would um, take McCaffrey. Yeah, I would, yeah McCaffrey. It's Friday night. <laughs> Dear Dizzle and Bizzle, with such a good crop of runners this year, do you see a potential David Johnson coming off the board on day three? Thanks, guys. That's Allen in Hillsboro, Missouri. Um, yes, Schneider, a.k.a. the Plumber Hamster, a.k.a. David Johnson, was a fourth-round pick out of Northern <laughs> Iowa. Schneider. Yeah, remember Schneider? Is that, is that you? No, so one of the listeners sent that in. That's that pretty funny. said that the, his name should be Schneider, um, or his nickname should be Schneider. He was a fourth-round pick out of Northern Iowa a couple of years ago. Look where he is now. Look at me now, Mom. <laughs> He's getting paper. So you look at uh, this year. Is there any day three guys, Dave, that you have your eye on as a guy who maybe all he needs is an opportunity to uh, to step in and really crush it? Uh, I'd like to say yes, but I don't think so. You know, a guy that I was, you know, we've talked about Kareem Hunt. I like, but not that much. Kareem Hunt on this show, like the the you know nobody really the nebulous weight of Kareem Hunt has been a topic on the show. He Does he weigh two thirty or one seventy? We don't know. <laughs> um, the latest I've seen was was that has he is two ten. So I, you know, take that for what it's worth. He's a guy that I'm, I'm starting to like a little bit more. But it seems like all the NFL teams seem to like him. Um, he's a guy I keep, I keep my eye on on day three. Brian Hill out of Wyoming is a guy that I think is interesting. I think a lot of people think that he can only be a first and second down guy. I think he might have the chops to catch passes in the NFL as well. So he would be a guy that I would look at as well. But I mean, there's people that are ranked that we are looking at higher that might actually get drafted in the third round. I don't follow. Like Foreman, he might go. Right. He might go in the third round. Well, we're talking about day three picks, four, rounds four to seven. All right, so okay. so, so, so fourth, like I would throw but Foreman Johnson out. Johnson wasn't drafted in the fourth round. Yeah, he was drafted in the third round. I was sure he was picked in the fourth round. You know, I could be wrong as well. But, uh, I thought he was a third round pick. All right, well, look it up. 
God knows Rob isn't. I'll tell you that right now. Hey, Rob, what's up? Wake up. Um, do you have it up there? Uh, Wikipedia. Third round. Third round. That's Wikipedia. Can't trust that. <laughs> uh, pick 86 overall. Okay. So it's a late third so late round. Third round. Okay. Go. All right. So, okay. So, Foreman for you. Yeah. Is the guy for, you would look if at. Foreman, yeah, if he's going in that type of range. But, you know, I, to me, I, again, I, I'll say this again. The third and fourth round, there is a break point between the third round and the fourth round. I mean, like, um, just historically, when you use, like, use stats and you say – the, the performance of third-round picks versus fourth to sixth, seven, you know, right. especially four, even fourth. Yeah. It's, it's vast. It's a big difference. It is vast. Uh, Marlon Mack from Mint Montana in the chat room is his pick. That's another guy I like. Right. Well. I think, but by the way, if, cool if, I'm, if I'm correct, I think Mint actually drafted Marlon Mack in an FFPC Dynasty startup, so that might be why he's Marlon Mack, Mack no matter, on the show. No matter what. Yes. <laughs> Marlon Mack. No matter what. Hey, Bulky and Dave, I love your show and just started playing a 250 FFPC Dino with you this year. Curious as how how you curious as to how you rank rookie draft picks with startup picks for the purposes of trading. That is Tyler in Wellfleet, Massachusetts. Thank you, Tyler. So we get this question. It seems like at least once a year when people want to, you know, do the the Cavalier King Charles strategy of of maybe trading. Um, to try to acquire as many first round rookie picks as you can. Uh, how do you equate? Well, I don't want to get into the second, third, fourth round, but how would you equate first round 2018 first rounders as it goes to 2017 startup drafts right now? What, where would they, what are they worth? The way I, this is just my personal take. And I guess I, I could be, I could be wrong. And I'd, I'd like to hear it if I am. I would say that a random 2018 first is worth around a mid seventh. Mid seventh. Okay. Interesting. Somewhere in the, like so, if you think the pick is around a 106, you're not really sure. Right. Somewhere in the seventh round, you could go to sixth. You could go eighth. If you think it's a good team, you go a little bit later. But uh, I've seen people sell them for a lot differently than that. Yes. Dynasty League. I think it was Dynasty League football had a or maybe wrote of this. God, I got to start attributing this better on the show. Um, but they had a great um, Who cares? ADP of uh, of where these rookies this year are going in drafts. And I think the highest was like, you know, Fournette was going at like the 212 or something in like a rookie startup. That's at, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm a little shocked he's going that late. Okay. Oh, that late? That late. Okay. Interesting. I think that once, one, it's so funny because once a draft happens, he'll go at like the 202. Yeah. We, well, we've already seen Dalvin Cook on the, like the 111 of FFPC satellites. Well, especially really. Yes. Well, that's crazy. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, once he goes to a team and they have, especially if it's like a top five pick, yeah. whether someone trades up or it's the Jaguars or whomever, all of a sudden it's like, oh wow, wow, he actually went that high. Yeah. And that that's what happened with Gurley. Gurley went like crazy high in startups. And so right, right now the, the the birds are in the bush. Yeah. And they will be in the hand in two <laughs> weeks. So, but, but then the other thing I was going to say was if you went down to like, you know, the 12th rookie player, then you're looking at, you know, a guy who is being drafted in, in startups and like, you know, like the eighth or ninth round or something like that. Kind of so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is as to, to borrow your words, tonight, it is vast. So that's what makes it a vast span. The Cavalier King Charles strategy of what you do is you effectively tank in year one, right? Not on purpose, so to speak. Yeah. But you trade away like all these picks, and you get all these future first-round picks. But the key is, he said this once, and I, he doesn't listen to the show. The key is to make sure you have the number one pick for the following season, or you really want the number one pick if right. you can get it. Yeah. And that should be your pick if your team is doing so poorly. But if you have like five or six first, but the point is, if you have the number one pick, now you have 
you've drafted a super young team because you didn't really care about winning in year one. Right. And now you have the Leonard Fournette. You have mm-hmm. the Ezekiel Elliott. You have the player that's going in the, you know, in the late first to the early second that has such a super high valuation on right. top of all the other young talent you have. Yeah. Uh, Jim in Modesto, California, I haven't heard you all – I haven't heard you all discuss Wayne Gallman at all. Would he be a guy you'd consider in the second round of rookie drafts? Thanks for the email, Jim. It's kind of poorly written. No offense. Um, <laughs> Wayne Gallman, Wayne Gallman, the running back, the, show. The, yeah, the running back from uh, Clemson, the national championship winning running back, six one two ten. I watched a lot of him uh, over the last couple of years when he played against Florida State. Again, one of the more elite talents. Oh, what does he weigh? Six one two ten. <laughs> That not, is that not accurate? Six according, one, according to 194? <laughs> oh, all right. So, again, the nebulous weight of these running backs. Who knows? But he was a guy, Dave, when he went up against the elite Florida State defense, which – 215 on NFL.com. Okay, there you go. Let's go with that, 215. Uh, okay. So, he, he struck me as a guy – it was one of these annoying guys that really didn't break any big plays, but he got the yardage that they needed on third down. He made the key catch on third down. He was able to, to make the key blitz pickup. So – I mean, he's kind of he's a good football player. Just never wowed me. So in the late second, I mean, if he gets the opportunity, okay, maybe. But I, I'm just he's, again, he's he's not a guy I'm super excited about. Now, bear in mind, I said almost the exact same things about Devontae Freeman when he was coming into the NFL as well. But Freeman's a little bit of an outlier because I mean, he went in the fourth, and he really his you know his physical talent is not all that fantastic. You know, that's one way right. to put it. Yeah. And uh, so he didn't run a fast 40. He didn't have great, you know, three-cone drill or anything like that. He wasn't a big guy. And but he's been an effective. He's an effective football player. He's a decent yes. player. Yeah. I'll, I'll admit that. But, uh, you know, he's kind of one of those blind spots where you just have guys who sometimes perform. But then most of the time, people always point out the exceptions. They don't want to point out the rule. Most of the time, these guys end up sucking. Right. And where did, where, did, Gallo, where he, did Freeman go in, in rookie drafts? Is he like a mid-second rounder? Does that sound accurate? I think he went a little, little bit earlier. Right? Er, okay, early second round. All right. Anyway, he's going to be a four six forty. Yep. A twenty nine and a half inch uh, vertical, which is terrible. Woof. Ten foot broad jump, which is like not good at all, and like a four two eight three, you know, twenty yard twenty uh, yard shuttle, and the three cone drill is a seven one seven. I mean, nothing about his performance is impressive, and he's two fifteen. Now, if he had a four six and he was two thirty five, two forty, that's different. Yeah. I, I mean, he does, doesn't he doesn't bring anything elite to the table. Nothing at all. Which is why he would be going in the late second. So again, well, he might be draft. a rookie draft. He might be one of these guys where if he gets the opportunity, he could Jordan Howard it up. I'm just not holding my breath. I'm taking one of those other, uh, you know, one of those other tight ends in the late second okay. instead of this guy. Ingram, Hodges, Everett, those yeah, type of guys. One of those guys will be there. Okay. Uh, final email tonight. The guy from Ashland. Six six. Oh, Adam Shaheen. Shaheen. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Iron Man and Spider-Man, can the patron saint of fantasy football give me his top five pre-draft running back ranks? Respectfully, I don't care about Balkies. TIA, that's Jason in Boise, Idaho. P.S. I'm kind of an a-hole. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't write that P.S. I actually added that in. Okay, I won't give my pre-running back, pre-draft rookie ranks for running back. Dave, you can, uh, I know pretty much uh, who your top three are, but I don't know who you would add at fourth and fifth. Um, you can talk it out if you want. Give me, give me one second. I just have to... And the other thing is, too, like, don't rack your brain over this because, again, we, we already talked about this in, like, 13 days or whatever. These ranks could change significantly depending upon where these guys land uh, in the NFL. Uh, running back right, opportunity yeah. is the biggest thing, and so that can radically change the dynasty values of these guys. But pre-draft, right, how do you have these, these, the top five guys? All right, so I have Fournette, McCaffrey, 
Mixon, Cook, Foreman. My Foreman number five. Has yeah. he shot up? No, not really. I don't he's like a, Kamara that much. Yeah, I know you didn't like Kamara. I know you you don't like Cook. But I think Foreman is probably going to pass Cook by this time next week for you. Foreman. Just Cook. Well, he's what, pa- no, he's would not, you? Would no, you? Hey, actually, he's not going to pass Cook. He will not pass Cook. Okay. I actually, I'm coming around. I'm, I've honestly, I've dogged on Cook so much. I actually watched a, a lot of significant amount for me of his tape, like 20 minutes. Yeah. And you know he he does look really good on tape. He really he does, does really look good on tape. And whether he's a space running back or not, I guess that remains to be seen. But um, I I I Mixon. I actually think Mixon's like I said before. I think Mixon's character concerns are less, are less than, cooks. than yeah. cooks because he's more that have not been you know thrown through the ringers. I, I you know I will say that now Cook wasn't accused of of sexual assault or anything like that. Uh, whereas Jameis Winston was, and you—that's all you heard about with Jameis Winston when he was at Florida. I'm just showing you. I mean, it's everything you can. But when Dalvin yeah, Cook was Jameis, by the way. when when Dalvin Cook was was there at a Florida State, you never heard bully about any of these things. That these these off the field stuff, this only came up. I mean, you heard about the alleged you know punching a woman, um, but that that was like a blip that lasted less than a week. You never heard any about the dog things. You never heard any of this other stuff until the, the pre-draft process. So just. All right. Take that for and NFL Network Keith Evans, former uh, fullback in the NFL. You remember him? Yeah, he was on the uh, Patriots for a while. Yes, you know who his number one ranked prospect in the 2017 NFL Cook. draft is? Cook. Dalvin Cook. Yeah, you know what? That's fine. I believe it. Totally disagree with that, but I do like Dalvin Cook. Let him fall to me in Carrington, baby. What what pick do you have? Uh, I always forget. I think it's the 108. Well, you do have the 108. Yeah. I, have, I have the 202, which I traded from Meyer. Yeah, he ain't getting to the 108. I think I'm going to end up taking one of those tight ends at, at 108. Howard, Howard will be there. Yeah, I think so. Uh, that is going to do it for our show. I want to thank Travis Collins, Tino Reyes, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob, Bryce, and, of course, all of you listeners uh, out there. Appreciate you guys uh, coming on uh, and into the chat room and uh, downloading uh, wherever you are. Make the Planet Hollywood reservations now for your FFPC high-stakes teams and your main event squads. Uh, get in before that main event early bird expires. It's going to be here before you know it. Draft now with satellites and uh, high-stakes dynasty leagues that are starting up uh, starting in a couple of weeks here at MyFFPC.com. Scott Engel and the Fantasy HOF Hour is up next on Fantasy. Your weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Tim again, the sound of engine in is like a bird. You see fireworks and carpet tire skirt, the boulevard. I know how you work, I know just who you are. See, use a, use a, use a bitch, you almost probably switch inside your DNA. Oh, I like this. This is better than Kanye. Well, let's not get crazy here. All right. Nothing. Who is this again? That was Kendrick Lamar. You can check out his new album, Damn, period. Uh, that, that came name. out today. They're oh, all, stupid. all, all is all the tracks are all in capital letters with periods after. Right, there's even a lot of interludes, like all stupid rap albums. You know his his first album, which by the way won a lot of Grammys. Just gonna put that out there. <laughs> his debut uh, had a lot of that. Uh, his last album was really weird. I listened to part of this album today. Very good. Check it oh, out. All right. Download it on iTunes.